Hi guys, it's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture everyone. Happy, happy Thursday. We are back to our regularly scheduled program after last week's amazing live podcast with Mick. And Mick is actually someone I know because of today's guest. And I am so excited. You have heard me speak about her multiple times in the podcast. I've written about her multiple times or referenced her multiple times in the newsletters. And that is my darling bestie, Britt Morgan Sachs, who is coming to us live from Jacksonville, Florida, which we're going to get into. But before I even introduce who you are, Britt, say hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Brookie. Hello, my my darling. Okay, guys, it's first of all, anytime I get to see Britt, even on this little screen is a joy to me. We're going to get into how I know her. She's my sister from another mister, as they say. Britt is an incredible, brilliant mind. She's worked with some of the most important, biggest brands like Spotify and the Howard Hughes Corporation in in downtown New York, helping build out that whole, what do you call it? Seaside. Seaport. Seaport, which is you know, pop in now. Britt is also now doing some very top secret stuff in the hospitality space. I actually feel like Britt and I first met, but did not know we met back in the bungalow eight days, which she was doing the professional thing and, and right out of Harvard, her first job was helping Amy Sacco turn bungalow eight into a real business. My job at the time was standing on tables, drinking Red Bull vodkas and flirting with I, professional ice hockey players. We, we, we must have, our paths must have crossed, right? Because I think that disco, the world famous D, uh, yes. not DJ, DJ, the bodyguard, security guard, Disco is famous. Anybody in New York City in the club life, he's still there. He is the best security guy in the world. Amazing. I feel like you and I were his favorites. Obviously. And yet we didn't interact with each other at the time, probably because I was like blackout drunk, standing on tables, flirting with hockey players, drinking Red Bull vodka. You would have been in very good company if that were the case. I'm sure you were, you know, elegant and stylish and chic as always, if you were doing that. But, you know, that was like... That was such a great time in New York. That was the best time in New York. That was, we're talking early aughts, guys. We are, we are talking the, the early 2000s. When did you first start working with? I worked for Amy and shout out to Amy Sacco, obviously. Um, I mean, Amy's the queen of New York City nightlife, will always be. There is nobody like Amy Sacco. Forever and always. So I met Amy in 2002 when I graduated shortly after. From Harvard? No. This is, this is Britt gets really mad at me, guys, because every time like we're out, I'm like, she went to Harvard. It's I have a lot of friends that went to Harvard. You have so but many for, friends. Yes. I know, Britt, but you're just like the coolest one. You're not like you didn't go no. into finance no. or banking like or mid management. I could be like one of those people on industry, my favorite show, which we can talk industry. About oh, God, we have to talk about we that. do. But so I met Amy right after graduation. I had read an article about Amy in Elle magazine. And I tore out the article and I kept it in my wallet. And I wasn't cool enough to go to Bungalow 8. And I think I've told you this story. I wasn't cool enough to go to Bungalow 8. But I, one night I was with somebody who was. And I was, you know, very cheeky and 
you know. And we should point out, Britt is a born and raised New York City kid. Like there is native New Yorker. She is a native New Yorker. She there are not many that can say that that with realness. Like I really can't. I mean, yes, I had New York in my blood, but I'm a Westchester girl. I grew up in Rye. I'm a suburbs. Like I can't. We used to drive to to the Bronx to buy like dime bags of weed. That was like the closest I I got to being a city girl at those days. I am a proper New Yorker. I I say proudly, especially now that I'm in Jacksonville. But um, yeah, I went to, uh, I walked up to Amy and I said, uh, like every precocious young grad, I'm like, I just read about this, you know, read this article about you and I just graduated and can I come work? You pulled the L magazine article out of your wallet? I carried it She must have died. She was like, what? I still have it. I still have it. And so uh, she said, sure, I guess come work for me. And so I, I did. And I ran her special events and marketing for Lot 61 and Bungalow 8. And it was incredible, an incredible experience. So one that I'm very grateful for to this day. But I don't know how we didn't see each other. I know. Well, Amy's one of these people, like there are very few people. Like I'm a homebody. If people know me, like I know it's hard to imagine because I'm out and I'm social, but my comfort zone is still being home. And even Britt, I love you, but you could call me at two o'clock in the morning and be like, oh my God, it's the most amazing party. Get over here. And I'd be like, click, go back to bed. Amy had some sort of spell over me and she would, this is before iMessage. This was like yep. my Blackberry, but she would call yep. and my phone would be by my bed and she'd be like, get your ass down here. You're like, so-and-so's coming and so-and-so's coming and I need my girls and yeah. we need some class here. And I would have a meeting at seven 30 and it would be two in the morning and I would you figure go. it out. You I, I would it. go, I would go and yeah. I would stay out until five, come home, inject coffee into my veins, yep. shower and be off. Well, and Amy those is, were the days. Amy is magic. And I think if she called me today, I was like, get your ass up here to New York. I'd probably get on a plane from Jacksonville and go straight there. So, well, and it's been, you know, we'll talk about how we met, but Britt is now building. And I want to talk about this because this is a really interesting moment in time. I will say when Britt first told me, we both, we both dispersed during COVID, which was really hard. She lived in Brooklyn with her family and I was in New York and Britt and I are the type of friends we saw each other she's a very good mom, but it was sometimes like I would keep it away from her children all the time. And I would see her more than I saw any other human. And we're the type of friends that could literally sit in front of a TV for 18 hours and just have like cheese and order more food and just watch TV and be content and watch love actually three times in a row. Um, and, 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 is the perfect friendship. So when she then said, we're moving to Jacksonville, Florida, listen, I understand during COVID, we all moved to weird places. Never thought I'd end up in LA, but Jacksonville was like, there's a couple of things. One, Florida guys, let's be clear Mm -hmm. to Jacksonville. I went to college in Florida. I'm well-versed in Florida, winter park, Orlando. I have my niece and nephew live in St. Pete. I've spent quite a lot of time in Miami. I've even gone like, I'm a Keys girl. I've done Florida up and down, even the panhandle been there. Jacksonville is the one that I really, it it sort of scared me. It, and full disclosure, Brit is a black woman. Brit is a Jewish woman. These are two things I don't think of when I think of Jacksonville, Florida. I was scared for you. I was scared for what your life was going to be. I was scared for the response by your community. And 
I never should have doubted because obviously Brit has now turned Jacksonville into like this hot spot. Oh. She has found her people. Oh, very well. <laughs> you also identified a need in the market. And that is we have Soho houses in these private members clubs. We have them in New York. We have them in LA, have them in London. But this idea of the second city, these, these communities, especially since COVID where people have flocked to um, the Vils, as you say, right? There's Nashville, there's Jacksonville. There, there is an opportunity there to bring communities together in a hospitality luxury way. And that is what Brit is determined to build in Jacksonville. I am determined. Well, first, I want to say that I think it's been the biggest surprise and I think delight of my life to discover myself here and to build a life here. I think if you had told me there's going to be a global pandemic, you're going to have a third baby. <laughs> because <laughs> my kids are 10 years apart and you're going to move to Jacksonville. I mean, like, eh, like maybe there'll be a global pandemic. Right. So I, I right. this is the pandemic was the most likely, most likely. <laughs> but you know, I, I, and in truth, and I, you know, native New Yorker born and raised, I love it. But I think for some time before pandemic, I'd felt a pull to move somewhere else and to experience. We both had that. You know, we've talked, we about, talked that. about that. And I just didn't Space. know. Yeah. Just for so many things. I just, I didn't have a, there was no impetus to do that. There's no reason to do that. And I also felt incredibly tethered to LA, to New York for, for work. And the pandemic kind of opened up, you know, closed the world, but it opened up the world to me. And I think obviously for a lot of people. And so, so as, as much tragedy as there has been as a result and as much course, divisiveness that's been created as a result and all of that, there are silver linings. And I think you finding this community and home and place that your children are thriving has been uh, a silver. I, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. With, with the reason Jacksonville, my partner's from Florida, his work, he's an architect, his, all of his work shifted to South Florida. And I knew I didn't want to live in Miami. And he said, what about Jacksonville? And I said, where is that? And he said, you know, it's in South, basically South Georgia. Does it have an airport? It has, it has the best airport. Jacksonville has the best airport in the land. I, I, I remember before you were moving there, you were like, I found black girls who surf. And I was like, well, that's so well, great, Britt. That's awesome. Have you ever fucking surfed? I have with you, girl. I surfed you, with the you. The only time oh we God. surfed. We, and it was yeah, we did. We went surfing in Barbados. And I'm so actually, we're, we're going to talk about the surfing in a second because I do want to give a shout out to my girl, Gigi. And uh, we're going to talk about Little Mermaid when, with, with that. But um, yeah, no, Jacksonville's amazing. I, I it is absolutely beautiful. I live on the St. Johns River, which is one of the most incredible bodies of water uh, in the in the country. It is, you know, I'm 15 minutes from the beach. The topography is gorgeous, and it is it is a city on the rise. There is so yeah. much happening here. There's another family on my street from Brooklyn. You know, I think the thing that I probably do the best, my superpower, and Brooke, you you have this too, is I am very good at building community. And I, I love to make new connections and, and meet new people. Yeah. I, well, you're a genius. Well, at it. I, it's my, it's my passion. And I parachuted into the most incredible life and community here. And, you know, I was inspired to build this business because I truly do want to scale my experience. I want to be a beacon for other people like me moving to these emerging gateway cities. I don't call them second cities, but emerging gateways. Oh, emerging sorry. It's sorry. okay. Cause we're, you know, we're, uh, we're an we're emerging gateway city. Emerging I, gateway I have city. been schooled in the branding. <laughs> this is the branding. I'm great. I'm great. Okay, I'm I hear you talking about it. I yeah. love it. It doesn't mean I'm not going to, you're coming to visit. I am, but I'm not going to stop sending 
sending like links to homes in LA, it's I think fine. would be great you, for you, you and the family. You and everybody else. So Brooke, Brooke, you know, she likes telling me about how, you know, this coven of, of people in LA, this plotting and conspiring to get me to come to move to LA. I mean, Cece Kurtzman, Jody Gerson, and I, con- like when we get together, we're like, it gets very serious. We're like, what do we, we feel like we have to rescue Brit from Jacksonville. And Brit's like, guys, we're I'm doing th- just fine. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. And when you visit me, um, when I launch. Yeah, this, well, I, if I go to, the problem is I love Florida so much yeah. in, despite DeSantis and the, yeah. and the politics. But yeah, if I go there, I might never leave. But let's talk. So we met when you were a high rolling executive at Spotify. Mm -hmm. And at the time, a boyfriend of mine was working for you. I had introduced him to Daniel, the founder and CEO of Spotify, and had thought it was great move to have Spotify have artists work for them to talk about Spotify with other artists. It was a really good idea, just not the right guy. And, but the greatest gift that that guy gave me, there are a lot of ungreat <laughs> gifts that that guy gave me, but um, the greatest gift that he gave me was you. And I, we met at the Apollo. We met at the Apollo. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. I, um, he was out the minute we saw each other, you were on the stairs and you were like, Brooke. And I'm like, Brit. and we were immediately, I had potato maybe for six weeks at that point. And right. yeah, you and I met and that was, and we were connected at the hip and the boy, he was soon kicked to the curb, not soon enough, but still you took priority I in took my priority. life. I think that was the right decision. <laughs> yeah. I have a picture actually of our first date. We went to ABC kitchen. 2014. I, I remember the picture. Can't show it. We were, we, both we looked were great. We looked fabulous. We did look fabulous. Having a New York City moment. Well, I talked to Brit 500 times a day. If you guys follow my Instagram, you've seen dance parties that Brit and I have put up that we like wake up from after maybe having too many glasses of wine or tequila. And we're like, why did I post that picture? <laughs> but or that video. But we've had dance parties along with Christy Kaler. We've with the three of us have been dancing for years, yep. much to everyone's shock and awe. <laughs> but Brit is also not only did she introduce me, she's introduced me to so many people. I mean, Cece and Jody, just two of them who have become dear friends. Mick, who was our podcast guest last week. And the, the introductions continue, but you were really one of the first people that got me thinking about writing the newsletter. You were one of the people that were like, what, Brooke, what is going on, baby Yoda? Like, what are the girls talking about? And it was you and like Stephanie Rule and a couple of other people that I was like, can I just, I'm texting you guys all the same thing. Can I just put an email together and send it out. And that's like, you were really the, the inspo for that. What you're so. trying to say is I am the reason we're here. You are. Yeah. You're the reason the why. Yes. Reason. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, you are, you are my, I, I, mean, I might switch out baby Yoda and just put pictures of Brit in each newsletter moving uh, forward. That was going to be my recommendation. I mean, Poor Brooke. I, no, I'm such a bitch to you. She'll send me things and I'll be like, yeah, Brett, it was in the newsletter. Like, yeah, Brett, it was in last I, week's newsletter. I, yep. And then I, I just got, it just got boring and I was such a bitch about it. Oh she has three God. kids and a full-time job and, you well, know, I was being. Well, well, it's, it's either you are, I've like missed every other article, every other segment, or I'm like texting you furiously in real time like wanting a response back as I'm reading it. And you're like, I'm in meetings, Brett. Like, yeah. Like no, it's my time. We've been FaceTime when we're driving. So, I you know, know. sorry, I sorry know. for that. But we've had so many amazing experiences. I think one of the most 
incredible ones was one of the more recent ones, which is actually now uh, quite a bit away, but it was last Christmas and you were here for Christmas during the holidays. And we have a tradition where every Christmas we would, or Christmas time, we would literally get like, get a ton of food and we'd be in our pajamas in New York and we'd watch Love Actually. I think it's, you know, it's a Christmas movie. And this Christmas, you and I got to do that with Richard Curtis, Emma Freud, and the Curtis Freud family in Los Angeles. And we were all in our pajamas and we watched Love Actually together with the writer and director of the film, where we then proceeded to talk through it and ask Richard questions. (laughs) And what was meant to be a two-hour movie turned into like a four-hour movie with Richard giving like playbacks and we were acting things out and... I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. It was, it was surreal. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't really have a ton of like holiday traditions, but I think one of my most consistent holiday traditions is spending Christmas or part of Christmas with you watching love actually. So like my whole soul and heart and body exploded in this moment. It was unbelievable. If you were to say to me a few years ago, like, <laughs> Brooke, what you are going to, like, forgetting about the pandemic, but you're going to be living in the Hollywood Hills and you and Britt are going to actually watch Love Actually with the writer and director and his family. And the lobster. And actually, the lobster. I, I, yeah, the, and yeah, the original lobster. We had Scarlett. We had Jake. We had the whole family there. So it was incredible. That is one of my favorite um, memories. And I hope we have more Christmases with more love actuallys. Uh, maybe in Florida. I will do that. I will pay. I will pay. <laughs> Jacksonville, the love that you have shared with me in my LA home. But since this is a pop culture podcast and there is some stuff I wanted to talk to you specifically about that came out this week in the newsletter. And then we're going to get into guys, just so you know, I am not ignoring the Adam Levine thing. This is crazy, crazy. It was, it, it broke right after I published yesterday. I initially don't cover gossip because gossip does not always mean pop culture, but it has in the last 24 hours taken social media by storm and created all these different storylines around people and these relationships and what things mean. So we're going to get into it. But before we do, you read the newsletter this week. I did. Cover to cover. Cover? Is there a cover? Okay. Is there a cover? (laughs) It was the Little Mermaid edition. I can't believe I found without using AI, a baby Yoda as Ariel. So I guess it's like a green Ariel, not a white Ariel, not a black Ariel, but a green Ariel. Wasn't the original Ariel in the actual story green? Is that correct? I don't no, I don't. I mean, the so that let's go. The original story is the Little Mermaid is a tragedy written by Hans Christian Andersen. The actual thing is a tragedy too, but we'll, we can unpack. Yeah, that. yeah, but I mean, you know, it was the it didn't end well. It was it was tragic, and everybody dies, and light hearts are broken. But in my research and reading about this and seeing it come out on social media, I learned that in fact the Little Mermaid. This is like for all of you racists out there freaking the fuck out that a a mythical creature has been cast as a black woman versus a white woman. Okay. How get your heads wrapped around the fact that it is a, a soliloquy to being a homosexual at that time, man. unrequited love for a man and not being able to be publicly in a homosexual relationship at that time. Yeah. Um, and that was his sort of, you know, 
version of what that looked like. And he wrote it into the little mermaid. So take that racist. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if like, it was actually like a black queer (laughs) interpretation? You know, and it also got me, I know I'm going to, I'm going to, this is veering off a little into like a a different category, subcategory, but there is also, I know that there's ultra woke and all of this stuff. And I know that, for example, Tom Hanks recently said in an interview, if, if it were today and he was up for the role of the, of the lead in Philadelphia, where he played a gay lawyer struggling with AIDS and eventually succumbing to AIDS, he wouldn't have played that role because he wasn't gay. I have a real hard time with that. Like, so you're saying that you can't be cast in something if as a gay person, if you're not gay, that's like saying, imagine telling all the gay people you can't play a role because you're not straight. And so it's the same sort of like, I don't know. I, I, I have a thought on that. I, you know, I feel, I appreciate that sentiment. I I'm assuming it's sincere. It feels a little bit performative maybe because I think, he, I think what he might be saying is that there are so many gay, actual gay actors who can play this role that I shouldn't necessarily be playing this role because I'm taking the opportunity away. And I, and I appreciate that, but it's also called acting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, in all my, like I played, I played like, you know, the wicked witch of the West in wizard of Oz. I'm not a witch and I wasn't green, but I did it. I mean, I'm not a witch always. Some people might disagree. Um, Certainly my neighbors, uh, construction people who walk my driveway know that think that I'm a witch as I go postal and become a Karen. But anyway, but the, the thing is, so Ariel's cast, we saw the news initially when um, the beautiful actress uh, and singer, Hallie, really. Hallie, right? Yeah, Halle Berry. Halle, um, Bailey Halle Berry. Halle Bailey. Not Halle Berry, <laughs> but Halle Bailey, who is incredible. I actually saw her perform at, I think it was like a TED conference. It was ages ago, mm-hmm. but um, she and her sister, but she was cast. There was an uproar then. And then the teaser came out, which just is a buildup. It's not even a trailer. It's just, you know, the big reveal is when the, when Ariel comes floating through the water and then you see her and this beautiful black woman with reddish, you know, long hair, just like we've envisioned Ariel always to have. And it was beautiful. And I was so excited. I got chills. I heard the music. I mean, I watched Little Mermaid 584 times. Um, That's from when I was young. And so it, it meant quite a bit. But then the first things I started to see were the reaction videos of, of, of mainly black women or moms or dads showing their black children, the trailer, the teaser and getting their reactions. And they were all incredible. And I'm, you know, each and every one, but then that grew into all different types of, of reactions from adults to, we saw that young man with down syndrome, who was just oh, that was my favorite one. That was my favorite one. It's just so real. He's a white uh, young man with Down syndrome who was filmed watching it. And his reaction was what? I think his first reaction was she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. Not like that was it. She and maybe he acknowledged that she was black. But I think the the response that reaction that stood out for me was that that she's beautiful. And it was just such a pure reaction. And he said. He's like, Disney got this one right. Something to that effect. That was my favorite one. Yeah, it really was. And so I'm glad I was faced with that. I had all of that. Mm. 
it sort of banked up where I was watching them and all the TikToks. And it was, it was one of those things that it crossed over. It was on Twitter, it was on Instagram, it was on TikTok. And you're seeing these reactions and it was just pure. And as we've talked about, representation matters. You hear this time and time again, when you, it, it may not seem like something to people who are constantly represented, but to see somebody, a Disney star be represented by a, a, a woman of color, this signals something, especially to, to youth, that it's possible that they can be, you know, that you can see in all of these different um, avenues of they can be white, they can be yeah. black. Can be characters can be anything. Fictional <laughs> mythical characters can actually be anything, anyone. They are not relegated to their race. No, I think, and then some, and then all of a sudden, so I'm very, very glad that I was first confronted with the beauty and the, the emotional response because then the racists came in and I'm sure the racists were there right from the start, but my brain did not compute that first. My brain computed the beauty, but then the racism came out and, you know, there are even people that were trying to be like, no, I'm not racist. I'm just saying it's a European story, you know, which is like, I, I hold you guys accountable to being racist. <laughs> so just, you know, I think George, our, our favorite George Hahn for me, for me said, like, let racist. me be clear. If you have a problem with Ariel being black, you're a racist full stop like that's what you are ignorant as a woman of color as a mother of two black and blackish you know multicultural daughters and a son you know it's representation is important but it's not just important for my children it's important for all children because why not because why not so what was your daughter's reactions did you i I don't even know if they've seen I've seen it so many times that I'm assuming that they've seen it. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. They did see it. I think, you know, well, Beatrice, my my eldest is like. His two daughters, Beatrice and Mirabelle, who are just the most. First of all, they're so beautiful and brilliant and creative and artistic Hi. and different from each other. Oh, my God. They're hell so many ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I, I, I think Mirabelle had the response or I engaged with Maribel around it. And I said, well, what do you think? She said, oh, that's, that's great. I love it. She's brown. It's wonderful. She was happy. She was happy. Yeah. But it was, it was, I think what I loved so much about all of the reaction videos was not necessarily the, like the words that came out of the, the girl's mouths. It was more just watching their expressions right? Like just the processing. It moves mountains. It, if what, you will. I'm getting chills because it just, that was so moving to me. It's the stuff that you can't articulate, right? It's the stuff that goes so, runs so, so deep and that impacts you and changes your brain on such a deep level that it's hard to articulate. That's the stuff that's important. And that's the stuff that's important for all kids, right? Because when you start to see those images, when you process those things, it, it changes your brain. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, the, the racism, it's one thing for people who just know they're outright racist and they're just going to be racist and they're, you know, fine. That's, that's who you are. You know who you are. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want a platform that allows you to present your information, Mm -hmm. but, um, but then it's, it's really crazy that people are like, no, no, I'm not racist. I just, that's the one where I'm really stuck on it in the ignorance and it's, it's, it's terrible, but what are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? I can't wait for the movie. The movie's coming out May 2023, which I shouldn't be excited about because that means that it's going to be right after my birthday. And I don't really love that. But what May what, that's what we're going to do for your birthday. Well, I'd like to say, yes, maybe we'll maybe we'll be in, maybe we'll be in Jamaica. One of the things I do moving on, one of the things I do love about the newsletter that I I have heard from many, including this week's in particular, is that one of the the intention of me writing that newsletter was to give my friends who were clueless uh, about the world around them, like, why are these trends? Like, what is everybody talking about? And I've entered into this river, like, I don't know where it's at, but it's already sort of out there. Mm. But there's occasionally a story that I see coming up that I bring to people's attention that nobody's heard about until they read it through the lens of pop culture Mondays, by the way, it's not always good. It's not fun. And then they start, they, they, they are aware of it. And then it's, then they start to see it and it becomes a bigger thing. And they first heard about it Mm. or really started to uh, be aware of it through PCM. And this, this happened this week with this terrible tragedy in Iran Mm. where you had this 22 year old woman named Masa Amini. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. A beautiful young woman who is Kurdish, I believe, and was at a metro station in Tehran with her family and was arrested by something called the morality police, which is really right out of Handmaid's Tale. And I guess one isn't surprised that that is in occurrence in Iran. And this is all post-revolution Iran. This is why so many of our friends are here in America who escaped when everything went to shit there. Was it the late 70s, early 80s? Something the late like 70s. That. Yeah, because they moved the former head, the former Shah moved to Rye. And I went to school with um, what their, his daughter who passed away, unfortunately, uh, shortly after she graduated. But she was a babysitter of mine. So anyway, but Masa Amini was arrested by the morality police on uh, Tuesday, so a, a week ago. And it was apparently for not wearing her hijab correctly. I all reports seem that she had her hijab on, but not wearing it to the to the definition of the morality police. And and she ended up dying in custody. The police claim she had a pre-existing condition, um, but there's video and there's a lot of videos that have gone through. It's really hard to watch. I put some in the newsletter, TikToks, where she is being dragged and forced and and just thrown in the back of a van. Her mother is screaming and pleading. She throws herself in front of the van to try to stop them from driving away, but to no avail. And shortly thereafter, the, the reports are that she was uh, bashed against a wall of some kind and fell into a coma and died on Friday. But the response has been extraordinary. Unfortunately, there have been more and more deaths as a result, but people are taking to the streets, are protesting in mass numbers. It is crossed over from Iran globally. There's a trend going on both in Iran and outside. People with Iranian roots are cutting their hair or shaving their heads in support of her and protesting this regime. And I think this is, you know, this is the stuff that makes change, right? This mm-hmm. is the stuff that impacts, you know, world orders. And I, I just, it's extraordinary. And I'm wondering, like, do you think this is something that's going to grow or does it fade into, you know, a memory? In a very short I mean, I hope that this movement is sustained and that, you know, her death, her murder 
if that's and it's a murder, it right? I mean, that's uh, what it is. Is uh, not for nothing. You know, I, I I know the intention initially around PCM was something that was fun and sometimes frivolous, but I I really will give you credit, Brooke, um, for shining a light on a lot of things that, as you said, I, I definitely wouldn't otherwise know. And this is certainly a story. Um, that PCM highlighted for me because I didn't know anything about it. I don't know if a lot of U.S. news outlets have. Now that it's becoming a trending topic because millions and millions are using the hashtag throughout different social media platforms, you're going to start seeing Mm -hmm. the mainstream media. But it was really hard to find. I mean, if you were in England, obviously all the news was around the Queen. But generally speaking, BBC and Sky News covers news in a much different way than we cover it in the U.S. It generally trickles down here later than others, but um, which is why our country is sort of fucked because everything is about America and the global reality does not really sink in unless there's mass crisis that somehow pertains to America. I think that's well said. You know, I mean, I, I, I do hope that the momentum behind the awareness and the telling of the story and certainly how it's now crossing over into something of, you know, cultural and pop cultural significance vis-a-vis TikTok and, and social platforms is something that will propel hopefully real systemic and like sort of foundation, cultural foundational change. I, I can watch the video. I know you had the, the disclaimer and I was like, you know, I, I get, uh, I can't, I don't think you I can't can do it. Well, it is hard. Um, and it's, it's, it's not necessary to know the impact, right? Yep. You can understand what it is, but yeah, I think pop culture is so interesting because it can be fun and frivolous. Like we're going to get into in a minute, but it also is, you know, I mean, it is culture, right. And it seeps into everything. I mean, we've had presidents that are pop culture. Um, well, and moving on, there were so many other things you go through the newsletter, the, the trend this week that wanted me to hide in a dark closet and not come out for a while was that that your namesake Britt okay. I don't know what what was her Brit name Barbie? Brit Barbie Barbie Britt which one some crazy what? wig and eyelashes and she's created this song period 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 now period well it's too much I'm rubbing my eyes I am period you are period my bag is period your bag is period period but the funniest thing are the, the people who have taken it and turned it into something. But there was a creator that said, look, we've done this. This is on us. That girl's going to have a fucking contract. She's going to have a show. We've we've done this. We don't deserve nice things because we've turned her into a famous person. Brooke, what did I, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong in life that you still have time to totally turn your children into Charlie D'Amelio's? Come on. Yes. You know, especially that Mirabelle wants it. She wants it bad. She wants it too bad. I, I'm not going to do it. Eh, actually, I mean, she is a great dancer. She's got charisma, but uh, <laughs> oh God. Now, when I look at someone like a Brit Barbie and who I just like, ah, my skin crawls. But then who I was neither like, British nor a Barbie, nor but, a Barbie there you go. Go. but then I look at, but I think her name might be Brit. Ugh. And then I look Which at corn teeth? boy, corn boy, two T's. That was the thing. Everyone thinks my name is B R I T. And I say two T's and now this idiot, whatever I digress. Uh, but corn boy is, I'm, I hope his college education's paid for. That's I hope right. his, how his home has been purchased. I am thrilled for that express that that i mean that kid influenced me because i I bought corn on the cob now twice in the last 10 days which i've not done in ages and i'm just like corn it's corn my son my son liev he says it 
He says, and how old is corn. he? Two, 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 two years old. This is corn. 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 It says corn. That he says it's corn. He says it's corn because his his daughter, his daughter, his uh, sisters have taught him. But Rip Barbie, yeah, I I don't know. I do we have to? No, no, we're done. We're moving on. I, I the last thing we're going to talk about <laughs> since we we mentioned it is this Adam Levine news. Um, God. and let. let but let me get into, let me just tell you guys in case you missed it. And then we're going to have a conversation. But yesterday, really, as I just hit publish, a TikTok came out, a young, beautiful woman who identifies herself as an Instagram model comes out with receipts showing messages between her and Maroon 5's lead singer, Adam Levine, that took place, we understand, in the last year or two. And they're very, very, very flirty, sexual in nature. They also implied they had seen each other in real life because he said she looked amazing, even more amazing in real life. She claimed they'd been having an affair. She knew that he was married, but we'll get into that. Then it sort of ended. And then he'd reached out to her, uh, which she showed the message and which is what what led to this, but he reached out to her to say, Hey, my wife is pregnant. We're having our third kid. I know this is weird, but I would love to, if it's a boy, name him Sumner, which is what this young woman's name is. And that was what caused the sort of her upset. But to be fair, she claims she wasn't ever going to go public with this, but she had shared it with her. I don't know. I believe it. Like she's young. She's new. She came to LA. She trusted the wrong people. And she claims she screenshot and shared it with a couple of her friends. And one of those friends was trying to sell it to the tabloids. And therefore she had to preempt it by going public. Now there's a lot of controversy that's come up on both sides, obviously, but Brett, you and I have been around. Like, I mean, shocker, shocker, shocker that like a, a Adam Levine would be a philanderer. I mean, behaving the bad, a rock star is, behaving badly. And one that is covered in tattoos that made it like he went into a tattoo store and was like, I want all the tattoos right now. Just all of them. them. All of them. They make me cool. Like they're ridiculous tattoos. For, wait, um, it travels I, with tattoo artists. Can I, I just understand. say Hold on. <laughs> I love how you started this with. Did you note the subtle shade of, and and she and she identified herself as an Instagram model, like allegedly she's an Instagram. Model. I don't know. I mean, I identify myself as a writer. It doesn't mean that I'm a fucking writer. I don't note, know. Note the subtle shade, but I don't know. I mean, uh, but but here's the here. deal: the controversy now. There's been a huge like. So she did that, and it went everywhere. I mean, it was it was the only thing that could break people's attention away from the final Queen? season of the Queen, uh, <laughs> aka her actual funeral, which I thought had happened five days ago I was so confused there's been so many things beautiful the horse that was standing there waiting while she walked by was like what killed me and made me cry but but then we have like oh nope Queen is gone. Now let's go back into real, go Adam real great news. And Adam Levine cheated on his pregnant wife with a young Instagram model. Then the, the, the creators, the TikTokers went nuts. And then they start calling her, like calling her out, which I understand, you know, she's everybody. And it's so funny. Everybody refers to Adam Levine's wife as a Victoria's Secret model, not her name. Maybe oh. because they don't know how to pronounce her name, but she has been referred to as a Victoria's Secret model as opposed Former to Victoria's Secret model. Human. Uh, and yeah. whatever, but they're accusing this young woman of being a homewrecker and doing this and she should be to blame, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to say, I'm going to be a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have probably encountered over the years uh, married men who were uh, 
inappropriate and looking to get themselves into some trouble. And I will say, and every time that's happened, the the man represents himself as being in a in a different situation than he's in. Not happy. The marriage isn't working. Uh, giving you that sort of hope and, or hoping they're giving you that hope of you could be the one like this isn't a fling. Like, I'm really unhappy. Like maybe. And as a 22 year old new to L.A., famous rock star, if that's what you want to call him, pop star. Mm. I can't really say rock star. That's right. He is a pop star. No, he's not a rock star. Pop star. star. Paying attention to you and saying, yeah, my marriage isn't working. It's complicated. And I'm really attracted to you. And I find you phenomenal. You know, so there's a a bit of manipulation there. You know, it's not just like she sought after him. Like there's something to be said. I don't understand why we continue to blame women for men's mistakes especially when you're talking about 20-something-year-old women dealing with men in positions of power who are twice their age. The power dynamic is so skewed. It's ridiculous. It's predatory. It's manipulative. Also, if you're the one in a relationship, you're the one who's obligated to be loyal. So the whole other woman, like, they're to blame. That's designed to keep women apart. Ladies, we've seen this movie before. And I, think, and I think that this is only thing I'll say to this is, and it's a great pop culture reference is Nene Leakes, the famous mm-hmm. real housewife of Atlanta, close your legs to married men. <laughs> you got, that's her mantra. Close your legs to married men. Close your legs to married men. Close, close, close your legs to married men. Excuse you me. Close your legs to married men. Wow. That's her mantra. It's just, girl, come on, girl. I know. I know. Well, he's come out today in a very, uh, it wasn't me. It wasn't him. He said, he said, I've been inappropriate in flirtatious online messages, but never was a physical, uh, affair. My gut is you're going to see that it turned out. First of all, they're going to be other women. They're already hearing other women coming out. I don't know if, 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 if he can honestly say a denial. I, I hope so. But my gut is that maybe there was a lot of phone sex, like video sex and, you know, our generation, it's like the, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman generation believe that like, you know, virtual sex isn't sex, right? The gen X mindset might be, I don't see it that way, but I think some men might see it that way versus, you know, a gen Z is like sex is sex, whether it was on the phone, whether it was on camera. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if this is where we're going to go with what that. is the definition of sex? These are deep existential well, according questions. to you yep. know people, so certainly the know. boomer generation it was like yeah. penetration but yeah. now it's like you know what could it be i, I don't, don't know. know we'll see the kids will tell us the kids will tell us and i think you know i i i've met adam i've met i've met him and and i he's a really lovely guy i think it's got to be really hard to navigate being in that world and this sort of mindset of trying to be this like rock and roll guy covered in tattoos when you're just a rich kid from Beverly Hills. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's just, just a, a rich guy. kid from Beverly Hills. His Instagram post really annoyed me because there's a grammatical error. And I'm like, dude, you're Somebody from an amazing that. family in Beverly Hills who put you through a great education. You know, is an R, you know, don't try to be all like, <sighs> he's, 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 he's of the people. Bro. Yeah. Right. The okay. People. Well, um, 
I wish them well, all. Well, speaking of the people, I can't actually, I don't even want to get into it, but yeah. I had a horrible situation where I walked yeah. by my neighborhood. There's a trend apparently in oh, um, giving, giving public, speaking of sex, giving public blowjobs while twerking and being filmed. And I came across that yeah. on my you, walk you with me. potato. I felt like I came across it. You're like, yeah. you're like, call me. No, no, you left, a, I felt an, victimized. Audio, left an audio message. I left like, you an audio message. I was victimized. Um, okay. We've gone way over. I've taken so much of your time you have you have hebrew school but wait we gotta do make out marry mute okay all right make out you want me to go first yeah yeah go ahead okay i am most definitely going to make out god i don't even know i'm gonna make out with because i i say harry styles every week it's so boring (laughs) i i mean i still want to say i want to say i'm going to make out with the entire cast of don't worry darling the movie that everybody's been talking about for months it finally comes out this weekend i am going to see it is anyone gonna see it is this gonna translate i don't care i'm gonna see it i am gonna i want to make out with olivia wilde and harry styles and miss flo and Chris Pinecone. I want to make out with all of them. Wait, it's true. We, didn't, we, we did not touch on the Miss Flo as the icon for quiet quitting, which is something yeah. you covered in your newsletter. I know. I just, I can't, it's what I said in the newsletter. Please don't make me talk about quiet quitting anymore. If you I guys will. are curious, Google but it. That was great. But Miss Flo quiet quitting because she icon. gave the absolute <laughs> least amount of effort into the promotion of the film. She did what she was paid for. Yeah, I think there's more to come on why she and Olivia and Harry might not all be getting along, but uh, I'll let that be. And I would marry you, Britt, because then I could legitimately just say, I got to go to Jacksonville. I got to move there. Potato and I are moving in. Move over, Jordan and the kids. And I'm just going to move in and marry you. So that's 100% who I would marry. And then I would mute all the racists, all the stupid racists. Some guy tweeted at me today. I hope a black man rapes Brooke Hammerling. Like I was like, Ooh, please. Like, yes. (laughs) So I muted him. You actually did. I really wanted to bring the thunder. I didn't want to disappoint. I've been very excited slash nervous slash terrified about being a guest on your podcast. Cause like, how can I follow a Kara Swisher? Well, for the millions of listeners. Naima Raza. But uh, so I, I spoke with Rebecca, our darling Rebecca, and I did a little. Rebecca pre-work. works with me. I also know Rebecca through Brit. I mean, yet another angel in my life. What am I going to do? But yeah. uh, I'm the, all roads lead back to me, Brit. But so I was asking, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to mute the racists as always. Okay, great. I'm going to mute sense. the uh, the haters. I'm going to re- mute the negativity in general. I said I was going to make out with Tim Tim our little Tim Tim. Oh but, yeah. But, Even though that cover seemed basic to me. But not, not British Vogue, Vogue Tim Tim. Not British Vogue Tim Tim, which was very much like a straight out of Zoolander shoot. We're talking about Timothy Chalamet guys, in case, you know, we in case you're him, our, our the Valtrax friend. King of New York. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to make out with the Tim Tim who was doing the eye effing on the, yeah, on that the video from months ago when he's I looking up from the red carpet. On, Sam he was like looking right at me he's looking in my right mind. At, looking right at you and bring you back to the, the, the PCMs that I, that I read, Brooke, that I read. I would make out with that, Tim Tim. I fucking Timothy Chalamet is who you're going to make out one. with. Okay. And, and I Mary? Marry, 
you can ask, you can ask Rebecca what I said. I would marry my Brookie Brook. <gasps> no way! I said I'm gonna just marry my Brookie Brook so that I have an excuse finally to move. Oh my God, we just both gave up. This is why we're besties. This is why we're besties. She makes the best eggs you've ever had in your life. I do make great eggs. That's my one thing. Breakfast. Yeah, I'm a breakfast girl. beautiful. She's successful. She's funny. I I think it's easy. It's as easy. You guys, now you're just listening to how Britt and I talk to each other 20 times a day. We're just like, you're so beautiful. You're so amazing. We do do this. Well, thank you. This was amazing. This is not the last time I feel like you're going to be on the regular. Regular? Yeah. David is so far, like every every person. It's like you, I think, is going to be there. Emma Freud, Naima Raza. He's like, let's get them on again. Can we get one with? Maybe we'll do a round table (gasps) with you, Emma, and Naima. Who are your friends? A round table. Yes. Okay. You heard it here first, guys. Thank you. I know it's a long one. Somebody said to me this weekend, podcast should not be more than 20 minutes. Keep it fucking tight. You got to get Amy Sacco on. You got to get Amy Sacco on the podcast. We are rambling and we love it. And I love you. And we will see you next week on Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Bye. Pop Culture Mondays.